So before we get started, let's pray. Okay, let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you again for this day you've given to us, even though the weather is not so great outside. We have uh, many blessings to praise you for and thank you for. Just uh, ask your blessing upon this time as we cover, uh, continue to cover saving grace and uh, just be with uh, the main service as well and uh, whoever's preaching there, that uh, you would uh, just bless uh, all of us that attend, both uh, in music and in words from the scripture. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So last week we covered paragraph 1 of chapter 14, Saving Faith, 32 in your books, and just a couple of highlights uh, from that paragraph, really high-level summary, that we said faith is the conviction of the truth of the gospel, and that faith, what the gospel increases our faith, and Faith will increase our spiritual growth, going hand in hand with what Mike covered in chapter 13 about sanctification and those three three points we, we uh, highlighted last week. So moving on to paragraph two, let me read that for you. By this faith, Christians believe to be true everything revealed in the word, recognizing it as the authority of God himself. They also perceive that the word is more excellent than every other writing and everything else in the world. Because it displays the glory of God in his attributes, the excellence of Christ in his nature and offices, and the power and fullness of the Holy Spirit in his activities and operations. So they are enabled to entrust their souls to the truth believed. They respond differently according to the content of each particular passage, obeying the commands trembling at the threatenings and embracing the promises of God for this life and the one to come. But the principal act of saving faith focused directly on Christ, accepting, receiving, and resting upon him alone for justification, sanctification, and eternal life by virtue of the covenant of grace. Okay, so a lot to kind of cover and ponder upon. Um, and we'll kind of be going through a bunch of scripture um, as we go through these different sections. So we'll kind of break this up into into two parts. Um, the first, what I'll say through, yeah, uh, points four through um, seven, actually six. Uh, in the paragraph, and then uh, the rest, uh, 7 through 10, on, uh, in the second part. So that first part, let's talk about uh, the acts of saving faith. So saving faith clearly embraces the uh, infallibility and the excellency of the scriptures, right? So that first phrase, recognizing it, scripture as the authority of God himself, and that the word, the scriptures, are more excellent excellent than every other writing and everything else in the world. So last week we kind of covered, we, 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 we believe everything in the scriptures, and now we're kind of breaking that down a little bit further. 
Let's turn to Acts 24.14. So we're talking about the infallibility and the excellency of the scriptures. John, you want to, uh, John Damon, you want to read that? 14, just 14, Acts 24. But this I confess to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, so I worship the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. Thanks. Right, so we're talking you know, about the law and the prophets, uh, referring to the Old Testament. And so, you know, we're talking about the infallibility and the excellency of scriptures. And then this, this verse specifically harkens back to those religious leaders in the New Testament that they, you know, in theory should have been Old Testament scholars. But what did they do? They took, they excluded certain passages, right? Those passages that would... Uh, prophesy about the coming Messiah, about Christ. And we know that there's a ton in the Old Testament about uh, speaking about Christ. And so the religious leaders, eh, let's not, you know, let's let's exclude that, right, from what we believe. But we know... The churches today, though, too. Oh, uh, right, completely. Right, they'll, they'll throw out the whole Old Testament, yeah, right? And we, not... We, hear, we see that a lot of churches, you know, uh, it said that Jesus spoke most about hell. And yet, you know, you see churches speak more about love and not about repentance or any of that. Um, you also see about the sanctity of marriage and different things, you know, uh, you know the, the, about being a man and a woman. They take out things like that. You know, so you see a lot of Romans not being touched in certain things. And um, because, again, you know, uh, it, it's, it's more about filling the pews than it is about keeping... The, the, you know, the purity of God and the clarity of God's word. So, you know, that's why sometimes when you look at it, it's, uh, it's important to, you know, to, to really understand where you're going and as far as the church. You know, thank God our church teaches the full word of God. Mm. Um, and you don't deviate from that. Now, another thing would be, as you know, as we were, Mike and I, when we were, you know, uh, learning in school, a lot of the stuff that people would do would be like if you use the supplemental study guide or whatever, um, like maybe a study Bible or, or maybe a commentary, you know, everybody would dismiss that as being, no, 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 no. Uh, well, the thing is, is obviously the Word of God trumps all, and it's the number one thing. But you have to remember that, uh, again, they talk about the, uh, the Holy Spirit, you know, throughout the ages has given man the ability you know, as we grow in the Lord to understand and be able to, you know, write down in these writings to be able to help people to understand what the Word of God is saying. So ultimately, it's not taking away from the Word of God because the Word of God stands alone. It doesn't need anything else. But, you know, there are some great tools that can be used to help during those times um, of things you want to learn a little more and not understand. But I think that, you know, obviously the most important thing is to keep you know, the, the, the word is pure and, and, you know, don't taint it. You know, a lot of us tend to add a little bit too much of it in, into it of our own. <coughs> yeah. Instead of, 
you know, like last week where Miss Eileen was talking about how some churches were more about feeling and emotion than the actual Word of God. And that's why I think we, you know, we're, we're very blessed to serve in a church that, you know, holds the Word supreme above all. Yeah. Now, I, I, just looking at something about, you know, a new church location, like having a church that has several locations or adding a new location in, it's like their theme is church is fun. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, that may not be the, 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 the right church, right? If, that, if that's going to be, uh, it's going to be, right, a show or whatever. You know, it's, that's, that should be a red flag. Church is, church is fun. Well, there was, a, there was a local church, and actually several other churches that used to do around Christmas time, Cosmic Christmas, yeah. and all those things. Yep, or Star Wars. You know, Star Wars yeah, Christmas. Christmas. More about yeah. drawing people in yeah. and keeping the word going. Yep, yep. No, but you're, you're, you're right. It's like, right, some people go to extremes. Is that like, right, you, you can't have any, yeah, you know, like supplemental that. information. And we know there's a lot of those that, right, we talk, talk about it at the pulpit and talk about Sunday school constantly. Hey, this person's writing, right? Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, it, it can really help. Uh, Increase the knowledge and increase faith. So that's good. Yep. Yeah. So specifically, the Sadducees rejected much of the Old Testament, and the Pharisees rejected the Old the Old Testament's witness to Jesus Christ. And then, in contrast, Paul viewed the entire Old Testament as the inspired Word of God and believed everything it taught. And that's what is taught at this church as well. The entire canon of scripture is inspired. Um, and it's important to Dave is how it's an encouragement for us, it's a reminder for us of how we're going to reason that we have to reason from the scriptures as our starting point. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, I think a lot of times Christians, I was going through this like you were in college. You know, you're trying to reason a moral thing and but we need to not be ashamed of saying, no, this is what the Word of God says. They might, be, they might even just rule you out after you say it comes from the Bible, but that is the authority. Right. You know, we have, to, we have to trust that God is going to do and move and work with someone that power is going to be, you know, through His Word. You know, not in anything that I say. You know, I, something, like I said, there's other things that are good, but it's secondary. Yeah, definitely secondary, I think, is like, the key word. We don't use word. science to prove the Bible. We start with the Bible. Yeah. Okay, and then... You can see how it all goes back to the Bible. Yeah. No, and I think right. We were talking about just the right. The Pharisees, Sadducees. They're talking about the Old Testament. Well, but I, you know, so you you kind of you know, I grew up in a legalistic church, and they would not cover certain parts of the New Testament. Right? Controversial. Rome, especially Romans. Right? We talk about Romans you know, nine. Let's yeah. Exactly. Right. 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 Why is, right. Yeah. So that. That's important to remember. Those, you know, right? We're gonna we're gonna cover the entire and scripture and get gleanings and important truths from not just the New Testament but the Old Testament. So, and cover all of Romans, right? Because it took us what three years to get through Romans in Sunday school many many years ago. Good. All right. Uh, the next scripture. Uh, turn to Psalms twenty-seven. Psalm twenty-seven. Verses 7 through 10.
So again, we're, we're talking about um, that Scripture is infallible, fully infallible, and the excellency as more excellent than every other book ever written. Psalm 27, 7 through 10. Joey, you want to uh, read those verses? Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, face, Lord, do I seek you. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. The Lord will take me in, right? So even, you know, father, mother, forsake but the Lord will take you in and how powerful that should be to us. Right? So, but, and there's so many, you know, power, other powerful things. Um, right. We, your face, Lord, do I seek. Um, God of my salvation, right. We see that constantly throughout the Psalms and David, God of my salvation, God of my salvation, don't forsake me. And you have given me salvation, right? Constant, constant themes through that. And then talking about that the truth of Scripture better than many things. Psalm 119, verse 72. Psalm 119.72. Dom, you want to uh, get that for us? Um, The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. There we go, right? Scripture is better than gold or silver, which in this world are the, well, gold is the ultimate, right? I'm sure there's some other, yeah, diamonds or titanium, but we know those things that, right, precious metals, nothing compared to the, the law of the Lord, the scriptures. And then right, that brings me to that other passage in Saul, right? The law, right? It's right, sweet, sweeter than honey and the, and the honeycomb, right? And that, the song of song, that song that we used to sing probably, you know, in preschool or whatever, that, uh, that great, the great passage. Can't think of the chapter offhand. So let's, we'll kind of, um, in the next section, right, I'm going to talk about just kind of um, spend a little bit of time, a little bit more time. We're talking about uh, the next passage because it displays the glory of God in his attributes, excellence of Christ, the excellence of Christ in his nature and offices, and the power and fullness of the Holy Spirit in his activities and operations. So it's kind of go and kind of talk about those things, and this will be. This section will be participatory, if you want to call it that. So I'm looking for participation. And again, for, uh, chapter 14 of the Confession, we're in paragraph 2, uh, for those that, uh, that came through. So let's talk about, uh, let's, first let's, let's turn to 2 Timothy 1. 2 Timothy 1, verse 12. <laughs> Thank you. 
Question? Emily, you want to read that? 2 Timothy 1, verse 12. Yeah, so really emphasizing that certainty of saving knowledge and knowledge of the truth. I know who I have believed and am convinced. And I think of the, the song, the word persuaded, right? Convinced, persuaded, um, that he's able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. So there's a lot to, to think about in, in that scripture. But I want to uh, you know, really focus on how the confession brings in the, the, the characteristics, the responsibilities of each person of the Trinity, right? Because we know that each, God the Father, God the Son, God, and God the Holy Spirit, they have different responsibilities, tasks, and uh, characteristics. So let's, let's uh, that first part, God and his attributes. What are, you know, anyone, this is open to anyone, what are some of the attributes of God the Father? He's Holy, right? Yeah, right, right. So, yeah, yeah, all three of those omnis, right? <laughs> all of them, right? That pretty much covers every everything we can we can think of. Um, you know, I think I, you know, the first thing that jumped out to me was God's love, right? God's love, and then kind of everything yeah. else, kind of you know, uh, jumps off of that, right? We talked about holiness, um, merciful. Right, just yes, and then right, we can go through the whole um, you know fruit of the spirit as well, right? With uh, with that, and there there is obviously so many to name, and then one I think of is, but he will in no way, uh, you know, Deuteronomy, right? The verse in Deuteronomy, what's that in? But he will no way. There you go. Clear the guilty, right? So he's a God of judgment. Just, right? He's just in his judgment, which we all deserve. But thankfully, he sent his son. And also think of his immutability. Immutability. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. Passability. He's without passion, body parts. Not like human beings. Yep. And all of those attributes, right, all working in perfect harmony. Each one is perfect. So let's, that's pretty much all the ones that I had jotted down. Let's talk about uh, Christ's, uh, his nature and his offices. Anybody got anything on either of those? I immediately think of Isaiah 9-6, wonderful counselor, right, Prince of Peace, mm. mighty God, God everlasting. Uh, John 17, the high priestly prayer. Yep. The high priest. Yep. Prophet, priest, and king, right? Those are, you know, the... Yep, yep. But it, it's... I like the excellence of 
Christ in his nature and offices. I mean, when you think of, again, think of the perfection of all the offices that, you know, no, no one man could ever held those offices, you know. Um, kings were not priests, you know, they, they, so they, there were so many things that you see that they're all separate, but yet right. he, he was able to fulfill them. Right, yep, yep. And I think of like right, he seated at the right hand of the Father, right? And he was fully God and fully man. I mean, right? the perfect example of that is when you look at the, the story of Saul. When Saul wanted to, you know, do the sacrifice, and he, he couldn't wait for Samuel, so he ended up, uh, you know, doing it, and how that was, a, you know, a sin because he was supposed to wait for the, you know, the priest to, to come to do it. Um, but that shows you. You know the different offices and how you know Christ is the only only one to be able to be you know the, the priest and the sacrifice and the king at the same time. He was the perfect Adam. He was the second Adam. There you go. He did, he did everything that the first Adam could do. Yep. He is the greater. Right, and then right, right. We talk about John one, right? Yeah. The in the beginning, right? Word was with God and the word was God. All things were made through him. In him is life, right? The light shines in the darkness. So there's, again, innumerable uh, nature and offices that he has and that what that comfort should be to us. But the right hand, at the right hand, seated at the right hand of the Father. So, and someday we will see him face to face and worship him. So, that's good. You know, you also, you were talking about it last night, and uh, we had brought up, several of us had quoted the, the passage that Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So we think, yeah, obviously Christ is the perfect thing. What it was to, you know, to obviously be a man and live this in this life without sin. Yep, and he was right, tempted as we were, yeah. right, and knew what we go through as human beings, and humbled himself, right. Yep. All right, and then the, the last uh, part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit in his activities and operations. So what are some activities and operations of the Holy Spirit? I wrote down a few. Regeneration. The work of the Spirit, same way uh, um, God breathed His Spirit into man, and man became alive. Uh, Lazarus came to life with the same Spirit. Uh, we, we, we talk about resurrection power, we talk about the same Spirit, as the Scripture tells us, that brought Christ back from the dead. The same Spirit that regenerates us brings us back from spiritual death, uh, which is for us on the, on the on this side of eternity, the greatest work that can be done for us uh, is it's trinitarian, like you said, it, our salvation is completely trinitarian. Right? Right. From the Father, uh, by the Son, through the Spirit, uh, but just, just being brought from death to life mm. uh, in regeneration, the Holy Spirit does for us. Yeah. Good. I think of, like, uh, right, his, the role of the Holy of the Spirit in prayer, right? So we don't, we don't have the words to say, and the Spirit will utter, right, our groanings that 
the, that can be understood by uh, the other members of the Trinity. Conviction of sin, right, as believers. Conviction of sin, that's very important, right? Because if you don't have that conviction of sin, you need to test yourself to see if you truly have saving faith, right? If you, um, so that's important. And then I uh, also a key is spiritual growth. Right, the, the spirit is going to um, be there for our spiritual growth, and again, all rolls into sanctification, um, everything like that. Anybody? Any others? Bears witness. Bears witness. That we do. Good. I think uh, last week when we were talking about you know Romans ten, you know that that faith and how will they hear, you know, um, and even. You know, when we look at this, I, I look at the parts where they are unable to trust themselves to the truth belief. And through the regeneration, they're able to, to have life to be able to hear the words. They're not dead, you know, to, you know, like uh, Ephesians 2 says, you know, for they were dead in their trespasses. Mm-hmm. You know, here they're, they're made alive to be able to hear the word of God. You know, um, so that's what you think about, you know, when I think about the Holy Spirit. And then, obviously... The Holy Spirit is the one that helps us through the sanctification, well, does the sanctifying in our yep. life, but also helps us along with the sanctification process. You know. Good. Good discussion. All right, let's, uh, as we wrap up the rest of this paragraph, let's talk about those that kind of the second section. Um, Saving faith responds appropriately to everything in the scriptures. So, uh, starting in that, after six in that chapter, they respond differently according to the content of each particular passage, obeying the commands, trembling at the threatenings, and embracing the promises of God for this life and the one to come. But the principal acts of saving faith focus directly on Christ accepting, receiving, and resting upon him alone for justification, sanctification, and eternal life by virtue of the covenant of grace, right? So everything points to Christ. Um, Yeah, the Holy Spirit points to Christ. Um, And that great sacrifice. So again, we'll kind of go through some different scriptures. John 14.10. John 14.10. And we'll read uh, verses 10 through 14. John 14, 10. You want to get that, Sean? Yeah. Thank you. Do not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do so that the, the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Yeah, so I really want to focus on verse um, 
12 there, um, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do because I am going to, because I am going to the Father. Right. So we're talking about obeying the commands of Christ and following Him, kind of casting aside everything, and um, you know, leaving your mother and father. Right. We talked about the the the, the charge to the disciples. Just give up everything and follow Christ, obeying his commands. All right, the next part, trembling at the threatenings, Isaiah 66, 2. Read that one. All these things my hand has made, and so all these things came to to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Right? So, and again, that trembling um, is having that really that that uh, right that the, the fear of the proper fear of the Lord um, and knowing what right what are the what what could be the consequences and having that the proper fear um, it's the weightiest thing in our life no matter what it is that we're up yep. that holds the most weight mm. is what God says in his word <clears throat> Those, you know, definitely you want to think about those who, who are called to preach and teach. You know, you, you, they cannot take it for granted um, what they've been given, the task that they've been given. So humbled and, and, and contrite and, and in the sense of that through this gift that they've been given to uphold this gift and the, the clarity and the, the, the sanctity of the word, you know. Yes. That's a scary thing. It says, yeah. For many should not be teachers, you know. Yep. But it, right, we're looking for a heart that is tender and broken. Um. Well, how much glory does that give to the Lord? Too? Because God yep. resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. You know, when we just take Him at His word, even when everything else is against us, yeah. we're, we're, we're showing, Lord, you are, you are boss. You're more important to me than anything else. You know, you know, it's 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 childlike, even though it's not mindless. You already know it's 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 totally mind engaging. Lord, this is what you say. I believe and I'm clinging to you and nothing else. You know, that's what that's what brings him glory, which is why we exist. When we uphold His word, thus say the Lord. Nothing. That's what matters above anything. You know. Yeah. Right. So in that tender and broken um, and a person who takes the word of God seriously, right? With tremblings and with proper fear. But great. I mean, you, you think of Joshua when he was, you know, speaking to the people. He says, you know, most of the as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, he's telling them, you 
to this day, you choose who you will serve. But for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There are many of those that, you know, again, um, they don't hold God's word in regard as they should. Um, you know, we see many people that, you know, maybe going through financial difficulties and uh, find ways to kind of, I don't say skirt the law, but maybe they'll kind of go back on their tithes or little things like that or, or just, you know. And uh, we've seen it in our, in our own congregation where, you know, there, there'll be people that have had to choose um, their Christian relationship over dealings with their families. Because, you know, uh, it just comes to the fact that, you know, people, this, this is what separates. What, what will stand is the Word of God, and that's the most important thing when you think about it, and that sometimes will divide families. So. Yeah, it's, uh, drop down, we'll drop down to verse 5 as well, because I think that, that that's also a good, um, right, word, word, as believers, right, we should not be concerned with our, you know, how... We look to unbelievers or, you know, that obviously we want to be a great example to other believers and a great example to unbelievers, but we shouldn't get fo- focused in the religiosity, right, if you want to call it that word, but what is our reward, you know, what is our ultimate joy in heaven, right? Not And our reward is to lay our rewards down at the feet of Christ. So verse 5, hear the word of the Lord, you who tremble at his word, your brothers who hate you, or the the, the apostate, right, brother, you know, um, and cast you out for my name's sake, have said, let the Lord be glorified, that you may see your joy, but it is they who shall be put to shame. shame. So here they are, the brothers that are mocking them, right, are mocking their faith. But at the end, it is they who will be put to shame, and we have that eternal promise of the future, right? Going then, I just think of alien, right, we are aliens on this on this earth, but we need to take the word of God seriously. Right? Yep. Just in terms of saving faith, right, we're talking about that. And just reading this about how they respond differently than they as Christians that truly have the saving faith. Um, it says, they respond according to the content of each particular passage, obeying the commands, trembling at his threatenings, and then, you know, what's coming, embracing the promise. Right. A little bit of what Mike said earlier, it's like it's 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 an evidence of saving faith, the weightiness of God's word mm. in our lives. Mm. For example, some some people uh, who claim to be you know spiritual they're going through situations and they're able to cite a verse, I can do all things or I can whatever and they just they think it's like a magic spell, just mm. saying mm. right. Whereas uh, a person that has saving faith uh, number one, you sin, and you see the words of Christ in Scripture, and you are moved to repentance. Oh, my Lord, how I how I failed you, Lord, forgive me, Lord Jesus. You take comfort in His Word. You know, you you, you, you lose a job, you lose a etc. Read the Word of, of Christ our God, and it says, you know, you'll have trouble, you'll have sorrow, but I have overcome the world, and then you you you, you have the sense of my God said this would happen. I can walk knowing that nothing that is happening to me is out of because Christ said this and he wouldn't lie to me. That's that faith in who Jesus yep. is and faith in his word. So it's just that weightiness that, that his word and his promises are, are, are true mm. uh, to us versus just some kind of statistic that we can quote or, you know, 
uh, and, and, and as for, for high service, uh, it's it, it, it's the ruling principle of our life. Right, mm-hmm. right. It should be that like you quote scripture because you want to look important or right. look knowledgeable. Right. It's what is the true. Or sometimes you just say it just yeah. feel better. Right. But you're not truly embracing mm-hmm. what it is. So I, I think that this is this is a way of saying hey, they respond differently by obeying the commands, mm-hmm. actually doing them, and trembling at threatenings. I mean, God says, you know, if you do this, I will punish the one that does it, and, and you, you're in fear of doing right. it. You're moved to repentance when you recognize that you're headed that way. Now that is because of the faith that, that's been gifted to you to, to place that way. Good. Yeah. They... Yep. Thank you. Five minutes. Yep. Five minutes. Yep. Okay. They, yes. Uh, something that Mike mentioned and just listening uh, that I think is key is is, is always remaining uh, humble, mm. and the humility really becomes really important. Um, it, it keeps us well grounded. Mm. So that humility always has to be uh, part of our you know sort of daily life, uh, and and it will keep us uh, grounded. But also you know. Uh, I think it, uh, it was mentioned earlier, I think it was uh, Joey, that in terms of how important it is to, to be a witness, mm-hmm. and that humility and remaining humble is, is critical for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, the importance of the gospel, right? We know and believe the gospel, but what are we doing with that exactly. knowledge? Yeah, that's good. And then, so we're uh, taking that last part uh, embracing, right, so we talk about obeying the commands, trembling at the threatenings, embracing the promises of God for this life and the one to come, and we'll just cover a, a few more verses before we wrap up. Hebrews eleven thirteen. Again, the faith chapter. So these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Right? What is looking forward um, to that, the promises of God uh, for not just this life, but the life to come. John one twelve. to the focus on Christ. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And then let, let's talk about, let's just read verse 14 as well, right? That's, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Talking about that, right? Humbled himself to be human and we have seen his glory Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth, pointing again to Christ mm-hmm. and what he has done. But, you know, Acts 16.31, and again, uh, this is really, we won't read it, but 
This is when the Philippian uh, jailer was converted and his family. There we go. And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. After he's, yeah, then he brought him out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Galatians 2.20. You want to read that verse? Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Hmm. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Hmm. Right, so the believer's old self is dead. The believer's new self has the privilege, right, of Christ um, indwelling the Holy Spirit, and then for the the future as well. And then, again, pointing back to Christ, loved me and gave himself for me. And one more passage, and we'll be done with this paragraph. Acts 15.11, 15.11. But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus just as they will. And really a affirmation of salvation by grace through faith alone. And again, pointing to uh, Christ. Believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus just as they will. So hopefully, as we talk about the attributes and the um, characteristics of the Trinity and and then talking about obeying, trembling, uh, embracing the promise of the future, but always pointing at Christ and the work that he did Salvation uh, by grace, giving us that saving. Any comments as we wrap up? Again, good discussion. Thank you. We'll uh, wrap up next week with paragraph three, talking about varying degrees, weak or strong. And then temporary believers. So, <laughs> all right, let's pray and go to main the main service. Very Father, Lord, we just uh, thank you and praise you um, for who you are, just your love and 
many attributes that are never changing, um, immutable, as Mike mentioned, and then giving your son uh, as a sacrifice that we may be saved and then Christ many offices and his characteristics and then the Holy Spirit who convicts us of sin and prays utterings that are when we don't know what to say. We thank you and praise you for that. And just be with this uh, service now that uh, we would come to worship. In Jesus' name, amen.